Bariatric Confidential is a place for those who have had bariatric surgery to gather and share information related to everything bariatric. We share stories, recipes, food plans, exercise ideas, supplementation, and how bariatric surgery has improved your life. Allow my guests to share their personal stories and their journey with you. I'm your host, my name is Sherry Burke, and I am an RHN registered holistic nutritionist and surgery coordinator who specializes in bariatric nutrition, and I've been guiding my bariatric clients for over a decade. This program is sponsored by Bariatric Expert Vitamins and Supplements. Bariatric Expert is a specialty line designed for bariatric patients and they're made in the USA. They're great tasting, easy to absorb, digest and assimilate. You can purchase them through Amazon or at the website www.bariatricfoodexpert.com. If you'd like to work one-on-one with me to reach your ideal weight and to improve your current nutritional plan, you can reach out to me through email info at bariatricfoodexpert.com or call me at 1-800-210-5124. Well, hello everybody and thanks for listening. I really like today's topic as it's something that we all suffer with, whether we've had surgery or not. So I'm not a doctor, so this is my disclaimer. Don't replace this advice without visiting your doctor. Okay, so now that we've said that, the topic today is acid reflux. Stomach acid is your friend. I love that title. So what's going on? Why would we have acid reflux? And how can we take care of it? So this is a big topic. I spend a lot of time talking about acid reflux with my clients. And I want you to have the information that you need. Also, today I have the delight to have Brandon Orr on the show. Brandon is from Orr City, Texas. He had surgery one year ago. It's been just over 12 months for him. I want to say it's like 12 months and 10 days for him. Brandon started out at a weight of almost 300 pounds and he's lost well over 100. I'm going to allow him to tell you all that exciting information. I'm so proud of him and I wanted to give him the time to talk a bit about his vertical sleeve gastrectomy journey, his bariatric journey, his highs and his lows over the past year and just really have some bariatric talk with real bariatric clients that I've worked together with. Uh, Today's topic, acid reflux, it happens sometimes. We've all had an episode of this but I want to discuss what is acid reflux, why it happens, what we can do to prevent it. I want us all to understand acid reflux because if you have a really good understanding, it's going to empower you to make better, wiser food decisions most of the time or all of the time or some of the time, right? So we, if we know what foods trigger our reflux, we can be aware and we can just try to avoid them. We all have different trigger foods. Like my personal trigger is pizza. Yeah, pepperoni pizza. 
or what I've figured out now is that it's any sort of tomato based sauces, right? I'm really great with fresh tomatoes, but when they're cooked and concentrated, uh, not so much. Now, having said that, does it mean that I never eat pizza? Heck no. It means that I'm going to support my digestive system before I go out and eat pizza. And pizza for me happens like it's like my treat every Friday night. Right? I love my pizza. And I know if I don't take care before I go out to eat pizza, I'm going to uh, have to suffer a little bit. But let's, let's get that into that a little bit more later in the show about uh, triggers. If we really can understand acid reflux, we're going to be able to take the steps to free ourselves from this like uncomfortable um, condition. What I want to point out in a really important way is that contrary to popular belief, your acid reflux is caused by having too little, not too much hydrochloric acid in your stomach. So hydrochloric acid, sometimes you hear people refer to it as HCI. It's just the short form for that really powerful acid that's in your stomach. And if you ask most acid reflux sufferers, why do you think you have acid reflux? They're going to tell you that they think they have too much stomach acid. That's what the pharmaceutical companies tell us on those big fancy TV commercials while at the same time they're trying to sell us the magic cure for um, acid reflux. So your stomach acid or hydrochloric acid, um, HCI, it's it declines with age, like everything, right? <laughs> and acid reflux um, increases with age. So we have a decline in acid in our stomach and we have an increase in acid reflux problems. That tells us that well, I'm talking about 99% of the population, right? There's 1% who really does have to have issues with with um, the other way around. But this tells us that 99% of us are not producing enough hydrochloric acid as we age. And I mean, you look at the population, most of people over 40 years of age have inadequate acid production. So what we should be doing is taking steps to improve our hydrochloric acid production in our stomachs and instead we are taking medication to treat the symptoms of acid reflux so it's kind of like I explained to my clients it's a vicious circle of events right the symptom of acid reflux is not the cause of acid reflux it's such an important statement I want to say it again the symptom of acid reflux that's not the cause of acid reflux so what what does that mean what does that statement mean so when I'm talking with my bariatric clients about their acid reflux, and I'm trying to explain that it's probable that the reflux is caused by not sufficient stomach acid rather than too much stomach acid, sometimes they doubt it, right? And the reason they want to doubt is that when they're taking their antacid medications, they do provide um, some temporary relief. Right? I'm not saying that the symptom of acid reflux is not caused by the acid moving upwards into the esophagus. I'm not saying that the medications that my clients are taking for acid reflux don't help to reduce the symptoms. What I'm trying to explain is that even a tiny amount of acid reflux in the esophagus is going to feel awful. It's going to hurt. It's going to cause issues. We don't have the like mechanics 
in the esophagus, like we have in our stomach to protect us against this super powerful hydrochloric acid. So when you have acid reflux symptoms and the symptoms, they feel better, they're relieved, it doesn't mean that you've addressed the real true cause of the problem. What you're doing is suppressing symptoms and not getting near the root cause of what's causing the acid reflux issue, right? I like to think that no two cases of acid reflux are exactly the same. It's likely that it's a combination of things that contribute to this really annoying condition. Once again, I want to just remember that acid reflux is a symptom. So to figure out why we're getting the symptoms and get to get to the bottom of it or to try to resolve it because I feel that taking medication to cover up the symptoms is not getting to the root cause of why we have acid reflux, right? We have to dig a bit deeper. We have to find the cause so that we don't need to take these medications to cover symptoms, right? And it's out of my scope of practice to tell people to start taking medications or to stop taking medications. Like that's up to my clients, but I want them to understand really what the medications contain and the side effects before they decide to take them. So now when you think about it, like this is not going to work for a hundred percent of the people, but bear with me. A lot of my clients, they've had a lot of improvement by just digging just a little bit deeper. Now, did you know that the damage from not having a, a poor stomach function or, um, or not excellent digestion, not only does the acid in the stomach move upwards and gives us symptoms of acid reflux, it also moves downwards. You know what that means? It contributes to IBS, which is a lot of people have irritable bounce bowel syndrome. So not only the acid is affecting us upwards, it also affects us in a downward pattern, right? So what is acid reflux, right? What it is is the backward flow of hydrochloric acid, stomach acid, right, up into the esophagus. So the esophagus is just a long tube, right? It joins the throat and the stomach together, and that little area is called the, es the esophagus. So the acid in our stomach, it reflexes up back into the esophagus because the valve at the very top of the stomach, it's not closed tight enough to prevent it from coming up. So and then the next stage comes, right? If we don't take care of acid reflux, it then can move forward and progress into what's called uh, GERD. Um, people ask me what um, GERD stands for. Well, it stands for gast gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, and it's considered, this GERD is considered to be a digestive uh, disorder and it affects that whole lower, lower esophageal sphincter. So we're going to go one step further and talk about the causes of acid reflux. Now, some of them include excess weight, right? Um, so the heavier you are, the more chances you have of experiencing acid reflux. Poor posture is another reason. So let's sit up straight while we're listening to this podcast. And sometimes it can also be due to the medications that you take. But three main reasons that people suffer from acid reflux. One is low hydrochloric acid in the stomach, right? Low acid. Two is the timing of your meals. And three, your diet, your general overall diet. For example, if you get acid reflux just at nighttime, it's going to be important 
to time your snacks, time your meals better. You want to give that time frame of at least three to four hours before the last meal and uh, before you head to bed. Um, oh, I wanted to mention also another cause of acid reflux can be due to um, hadal hernias. If you feel that you might have a hadal hernia, you need to get this repaired because having a, he- uh, a hernia like this um, will cause issues with acid reflux. Because when you have a hernia, the, the stomach acid moves can move up into the esophagus and it gets stuck there. And this is what's going to cause acid reflux um, in the case of a hernia. Now, there's some med- medications also um, that can cause acid reflux. And some of those are things like aspirin, different kinds of aspirin products, um, also ibuprofen, any kind of muscle relaxer, and even some blood pressure medications. So if you take any of these medications and you have acid reflux, you can discuss this with your doctor. It's like digging a little bit deeper to see where your where your issues are coming from. Um, yesterday, I wrote a blog. It was called, uh, uh, yeah, I titled it Coffee Culture. And I talked a little bit about acid um, reflux because guess what? Yep, coffee is a huge culprit when it comes to acid reflux. And I know that giving up your morning ritual of coffee might just be what you need to combat your case of acid reflux. Now, it doesn't have to be forever. Once your reflex is under control, you can try drinking coffee again, see how it affects you. But just so you know, it's not the actual coffee that causes the reflux, but it's the caffeine that's inside your morning cup of coffee, your morning joe. It loosens the stomach valve and it allows the hydrochloric acid to come back into the highly sensitive walls of the esophagus and that's when the pain of acid reflux occurs. I know that when I talk to my clients about coffee, it's not what they want to hear. It's not what you want to hear. But if you have acid reflux, sometimes making just this one little change can be enough to be able to conquer it in a super fast and like a relatively easy way. So that's the good news. You might just need to take a little break from coffee. Um, we're going to stay on the topic of food. Um, spicy food. Hands up those of us that eat spicy foods. This might be the culprit for your acid reflux. Are you eating things like hot peppers or um, dishes that contain a lot of spice that might be irritating you, irritating your esophagus? Uh, if so, eliminate them. See if you feel better. Another really easy fix can be carbonated drinks and alcohol. Those might be the issue for you. A lot of my clients are disappointed when they hear about how alcohol and carbonation can cause acid reflux. So what happens is that the acid and the carbon dioxide, which is used to make these drinks, they can cause the stomach to bloat. And when the stomach is bloated, it irritates the esophagus and leads to acid reflux. So try removing these two things, the alcohol or carbonation from your diet, and see if this might be what's causing your symptoms. I know that bariatric clients are not supposed to um, to drink sodas and um, carbonated beverages, uh, but sometimes my clients add them back to their diet. And so it's worth mentioning that uh, if you're drinking carbonated beverages and you have acid reflux, that might just be your trigger. Um, another 
cause of acid reflux carrying excess weight that can be the cause right because the excess weight can put pressure on the abdominal area so when you eat the stomach contents can be pushed upwards into the chest and then into the esophagus right so losing weight can make digestion easier and you'll be a lot more comfortable and have less trouble with acid reflux and that's what we're all doing we're on this journey to lose weight and lose weight so sometimes just the weight loss alone supports the digestion makes it more comfortable and it it uh it alleviates problems with acid reflux i have a note here on my that i made when i was getting ready for the podcast today that um, eat smaller meals i underlined it because when we overeat, it puts a lot of pressure on the digestive system, on the, the whole digestive process and the whole digestive system. It just needs to work so much harder to digest, assimilate, and absorb, and absorb the food, right? Um, I also wrote down in my notes, uh, sleeping, when you sleep, try elevating your head just a few inches higher. It can give you some relief if you've eaten too close to bedtime and you're suffering from acid reflux at bedtime right when you get your head in like a higher position than your stomach it can reduce the pressure on that esophageal sphincter right i talked about earlier and it can prevent the food from moving up into the wrong direction and just thinking about staying away from those foods which uh, trigger acid reflux Um, i made a list of really common foods and culprits we talked about them. Coffee, for example. Um, in my personal case, tomatoes. Well, not so much fresh tomatoes, but it is tomatoes can cause acid reflux. Tomato sauces. That's my trigger food. Um, citrus fruits. So lemon, lime, oranges, grapefruit. Uh, fruit juices. Yes, very high in sugar can cause acid reflux. Fried foods. Um, French fries. Um, fried tortillas. Chocolate. Yes, unfortunately, chocolate, and um, once again, I'm bringing up spicy foods. So now that we have a grasp of what acid reflux is and what we can do to avoid it, I have some great ideas for you. But first, I want to introduce my guest for today. His name's Brandon Orr, and he's over in Texas. I facilitated his vertical sleeve gastrectomy surgery for him about, I helped him work through his pre and post-op nutrition. He's done so well. I'm so proud of him. I want to allow him to tell you about his bariatric journey. Hey, Brandon, thanks so much for giving us some of your time and for being on the Bariatric Confidential podcast today. Hi, Sherrod. Thank you. So tell us a bit about what made you decide to have vertical sleeve gastrectomy surgery. What, what, was, what was your turning point or your motivating factor to just say, yeah, it's time to get this done? Well, I mean, of course, like uh, most people, I've done a hundred different kind of uh, diets in my life. And of course, you know, uh, it's always hard to stick with a diet. You will have my ups and downs, but it just always seemed like after you diet for so long, I've only lost so much weight, no matter how far or hard I push myself, I, I couldn't lose anymore. So I eventually end up just going back to my normal self and making to my normal routine. So I, you okay. know, after, after a while I figured, you know, I, I got to do something to change. And, uh, at that time, my wife and my ex-wife were already planning to come and see y'all, you know, um, uh, to come do the surgery as well. And, 
they kind of talked me into doing it. I was kind of hesitant at first, but once I decided I was, uh, you know, with the outcome, I'm definitely happy with what I've, what I've done. And that's right. Cause you mentioned that you have family members and friends who've also had surgery, had bariatric surgery. So uh, I think, I think who, who all in your family has had bariatric surgery at this point? Uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Tina Shelton was the first to go down there and have it done. I think she's about seven years out now. And, uh, Correct. she, she's lost, she lost a tremendous amount of weight and she's down to 160 pounds and she's been holding that whole time. And she's taken several people down there and all of, all have been successful as well. So, um, that, that definitely helped me too, knowing that all these people have had success and especially with a great doctor too, you know, and, and I guess you're just tired you, of watching from the sidelines. Right. And you said, okay, now it's my turn finally. Yeah. I've been, I've been. I've been, I was always big my whole life. So, you know, it's, it's, this is different for me being this, this small, you know, I'm not, I'm still trying to get used to it. Yes. Tell us. So you started off, I believe you were 300 pounds, correct? Yeah, I was 306 and I'm now down to 171 pounds. Uh, 171 I, I, pounds. Your progress is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I can't, it's, I can't even tell you the last time I've ever weighed this much. It had to be junior high, if not before then. So. <laughs> like it's it's hard for me to wrap this around my head still i mean of course i'm a year out just it's it's still mind-blowing i'm I'm really happy with the results though i mean i can't i'm glad it's i'm glad i made this decision i i definitely do it again at first i, I didn't think i would but um i definitely love the results so So we got cut off there. We're just going to keep going now, Brandon. Sorry about that. It was the connection. Oh, it's a so I'm just, we're just at the point right now where um, you were telling about your family members that had surgery and your weight loss went 300 pounds and you went down to 171 pounds. And that was in one year, Brandon. That's how quickly you did that, correct? Um, actually, I probably lost the weight probably. I was probably down to at least 174 within... I want to say within my first six months, I've been holding steady for the last six months. So how, I really want to know, how did your diet change? Because it was really diet based. I believe your, your original weight loss drops. So it changed post-surgery. Well, I mean, um, I, I try to make more conscious decisions on what I eat. I used to drink a lot of Cokes and, uh, okay. I mean a lot. I drink five or six a day. So since my surgery, I, I don't drink really any Cokes or anything carbonated anymore. Um, every once in a while, I might take a sip or two of one when I go out to eat because I don't like the tea anywhere else, so I might get a sip. But other than buying them, I don't buy them anymore. Um, and I try to, I try, of course, of course, eating a lot less is a really big part because I used to eat huge meals, huge. I ate enough probably for two people easily. So, so that's all you your were drinking a lot of coke. You were eating portions. I think that we're eating. Well, that's why I was gaining food. Oh yeah, I like I said. I, I you know spaghetti was one of my biggest downfalls right there. I could eat a pound of that by myself easily in one sit. Um, so, but you know. I, 
Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Is there anything that you miss eating now? Uh, not really. I mean, every once in a while, I can still treat myself to everything I still like to eat. I just, um, I don't eat as much of it. And so, I, I mean, every once in a while, I sure wish I could have a big hamburger, but, you know, you can only get two or three bites of a hamburger and that's it. So it's over as fast as it begins. But, and uh, also, I know that you've also added activity to your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your the kind of working out or the kind of activities that you added to uh, help with the weight loss and to maintain it? Well, I just started recently working out. Uh, I got my own little home gym and just start working out after after I get off my, my job. So I spend about an hour a day doing a little routine and I kind of work, work through a full body workout. So it just kind of helped me maintain. And hopefully I can do some building up because I'd like to gain some muscle now because I, I think I look a little scrawny now, but I mean, that's not a bad thing. I hate no, to be you, too scrawny and overweight for sure. So, yeah, you've definitely, <laughs> definitely, you're better off the way you are now. You imagine how happy your internal organs are feeling now. So, you've been into your journey for a year. What are the things that you are going to do moving forward to make sure that you don't experience a regain? Because I know that's one of the things that you were a little bit worried about. So, what, what plans are you putting in place to ensure you're not going to have a regain? Well, my plan is to kind of go with, I'm going to go with the paleo diet and I'm going to go, I plan on trying to diet on a strict diet Monday through Friday. And then I'm going to try to take the weekends off to enjoy myself. My diet, my diet will be combined with my working out. So, and then, like I said, the weekends will be for me to enjoy, to kind of give myself a treat for myself of keeping up with it. And as long as I keep doing that, I feel that'd be easy, more easy for me to stick with. Great. And we're going to be following your journey into the second year. And I'll be reaching out to you to give an update again. So accountability might be one of the things that help you stay on track. Uh, Brandon, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule to chat with us. And we'll be talking to you again in a few months. I want to just say keep up the awesome work and that your journey really inspires all of us. Well, thank you for inviting me on here. Okay, Brandon, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh So let's get back to our topic of acid reflux post-bariatric surgery. So we discussed in the first part of today's episode what exactly is acid reflux and where it comes from. Now let's chat a little bit about some solutions that may work for you. So how can we increase our hydrochloric acid in order to have a better and stronger digestion? That's the question we all want, want answered, right? And I know this is a super simple solution, but my very favorite way is to take a capful of apple cider vinegar in a half glass or a quarter glass of lukewarm water first thing in the morning. Now, this is what I use. Um, or you could take a supplement. If you just can't stand apple cider vinegar, there are supplements out there today that you can take that taste rather good. Um, so raw apple cider vinegar is able to increase stomach acid levels because of its acidic property. So let's simply put, it introduces more acid into your digestive tract. So another suggestion I have for you is to take digestive enzymes. You can take these before you eat. They are totally natural and these digestive enzymes, well, my favorite by the way is ox bile. Yes, it's actually ox bile. 
It'll help you to better break down the foods that you consume. You don't need to take them for the rest of your life, but it's a good idea to take them until your stomach acid has a chance to balance itself. You can talk to your pharmacist for good recommendations as the different enzymes break down different foods. Here's a personal example of mine. I've always had a terrible time with beans. My intestines hate the beans. I know I don't eat them anymore because they're really high in carbohydrates and I try to manage my carbs, but when I used to eat them, I need to take a natural medication or a natural enzyme called Beano. Um, this is an advertisement for Beano, but um, it's enzyme-based supplement and we use it to reduce gas in the digestive tract. And with having that gas removed, it improves digestion, it reduces bloating and any kind of discomfort that's caused by the gas producing beans. So the, there's an enzyme inside Beano and it's called alpha-gal or agal, right? And this is a perfect example of natural enzymes working to help better digest food. Better digested food means better, stronger digestion. And what does that mean, everybody? Less acid reflux. So another point I wanted to get to was um, to improve digestion, right? Improve uh, your situation with acid reflux. Make sure you're chewing your food really well because good digestion begins in the mouth. I often discuss with my, my post-operative clients that um, you can puree anything if you chew it enough in your mouth right? And also another way to help is eating small meals and not drinking and eating at the same time. It helps improve digestion. Now we all know as bariatric, my bariatric clients are not supposed to be mixing their food with liquids. Um, but sometimes this bad habit creeps back in. So if you have acid reflux and you sit down and think about it, are you combining food and liquid at the same time? Um, we're approaching the end of my podcast for today. I really hope that you have a really good understanding of acid reflux now and what you can do to prevent further issues of it uh, in your future. We need our stomach acid to be balanced in order to properly digest, absorb, and assimilate all that beautiful food that we're eating. The way I really wanted to end this episode was, was by saying, Stomach acid is our friend, right? It's something good. It's not something evil and terrible and bad. So I hope that you uh, enjoyed this episode and I'll be coming with, out with a new episode uh, in just a few days. Thanks for listening. so much for joining me today and for discussing bariatric topics at Bariatric Confidential Podcast. If you're looking for post-op support, feel free to reach out to me at info at bariatricfoodexpert.com. I have a one-on-one program for those of you who need extra support or for those of you who have experienced a regain.